The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere of Black Widow. This is That Podcast. And now for your hosts of the Beers and Ears Podcast, here's Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day number two of the Infinity Saga series for the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. We haven't quit yet. No, it's a little early for that. So (laughs) before we we get rolling on this, I do have to apologize. We recognized after we finished recording yesterday that uh, we had mentioned 22 movies but the reality is it's actually 23, Matt, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we forgot Spider-Man Far From Home, which obviously came out after Endgame, which was the final movie in, I believe, phase three of that entire MCU universe. So it's really 23 movies, uh, obviously referenced in our intro, but just we, we apologize for the, the little slight error yesterday. So you got us one extra day, which I hope is not too much of a disappointment. And now, does this mean we also get one extra minute in our podcast? to discuss these movies it sure does so yesterday you'll notice we were just over the 23 minute mark we said we were going to be a little over yesterday uh because of the intro uh we are holding ourselves to that going forward beginning today and moving through the remainder of the movies we have got 23 minutes max uh for what we're discussing and so matt what are we discussing today so remember we are going chronologically in mcu timeline not chronologically in terms of when it was released um, so is Captain Marvel today. What, what were your overall impressions, Casey? You know, it's funny. I saw this movie in the theaters. Um, and I remember in the theaters, this was the first movie that came out after Infinity Wars. So I remember going in feeling all the raw emotion of Infinity War and and going, oh my gosh, I hope they have some kind of tie-in to Infinity War. And, and of course, as I'm watching it for the first time, I'm looking for all those connections where this time I didn't have that. You know, I knew about how Endgame concluded. I, and, and so I was able to enjoy this movie for what it was. And I got to tell you, this is a kick butt movie. It really is. I, I uh, Brie, Brie Lawson, it, it's just a kick butt but movie it's well done 
it it's meta and we'll get to that in a couple of minutes it kind of makes fun of itself in some ways so i gotta say i i thoroughly enjoyed it how about you i mean you touched on brie larson and she absolutely nails this role i think Mm -hmm. where it's she's funny without being goofy and she's serious without being dry where I, you know, I think when you sometimes get a serious role, it's like, okay, calm it down a little bit where she's witty and funny and, and, and has, has a really well-roundedness about her. So, I mean, she absolutely nailed that. Yes. I mean, solid movie. Well, she went into this too, unfortunately playing up. She, she was going uphill with this because there's a lot as with the star Wars fan base, which we've discussed on previous episodes, there's a lot of a fan base out there who for whatever reason has so much angst about a female superhero. And, you know, I had mentioned about this movie being meta, you know, there's a line in the movie where, where someone says, are you going to smile? I think the guy on the bike says, you're going to smile for me. And, and, you know, she's reading the newspaper that from what I read, that was inserted after the fact, after some of the promos for this movie, she was criticized for not smiling because she was a woman. And so I just, I think that because of that, back to Brie Larson, she just, she does such a phenomenal job climbing that uphill battle. Would you say that she was your favorite character or did you have another favorite character in this movie? Honestly, I think my favorite character was, was, was Talos or Talos. Yes, mine too. Okay. That's hilarious. That's, that's two in a row now. Cause we had, we had uh, the, the, the general or the, the captain last time. No, Talos, Talos is, um, He's first of all, when you go to the movie for the very first time, you're expecting these creatures that look ugly and are horrible looking to be the bad guys. And for the first half of the movie, they're the bad guys. Talk about a might ultimate mind like mess up when suddenly you're put in and you realize the guy you were told to trust at the beginning of the movie is not the bad guy. It's almost like when you find out that Hans is the bad guy, right? Well, like, and, it, and to be honest with you, it's, it throws everybody off because in the comics, there is a whole comic book arc where the scrolls do infiltrate earth and they are the villains. So everyone coming into this, even if you're a comic book fan, you come in with like the scrolls are bad. That is what you know. Yeah, and again, I, I'm not a comic book guy. I, I have not read the comics. So for me, I am the average layperson MCU fan. But Talos is my favorite. First of all, I think he's got some of the most witty lines in the movie. In orbit. Was that so difficult to figure out? I mean, you're my science guy, right? And yeah, and, and that whole scene where he first appears to them at at the house in Louisiana, where mm-hmm. where like somebody says you 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 did this, or, I forget what it is, but it's something bad. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, well, and and I also think that if you take the comedy part out of it, the scene when he finally finds his family, and yeah. and the scene when they get to the state the, the laboratory. And he bends down to pick something up. And I think I maybe missed this in the first viewing. And it's a baseball. And knowing what he was going to find, I realized that then going, oh, my God, that's his boy's baseball. Right. And and then, of course, he kind of rushes ahead of, you know, um, of Danvers and of Rambo and, 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 ever, and of Fury and everyone who's there. He rushes ahead and then he does that call, which you can just... You know, again, I'm not a dad, but I know how how my dad talks about us, my brother and myself. And, you know, you're obviously a dad. You can hear that parental just pain of not being able to be with his family as he's trying to call out to his family when he makes that call. And 
the moment when he sees his wife and then he sees his boy for the first time and he puts his head up against him. And, and I just, it talk about being able to act through that makeup and through that, that costume, you know, Carol, this is war. My hands are filthy from it too. But we're here now. You found my family. This is just the beginning. There are thousands of us separated from each other, scattered throughout the galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, just awesome. Yeah, so I, yeah, definitely my favorite character in in that movie, and like you said, the twist of that. Oh, he's actually the good guy in all of this. Mm-hmm. the The other high point of this movie that I have to point out is, that I absolutely love is when Jude Law's character um, Von Rog, um is he realizes he is he is defeated and has no chance, and he tries to manipulate uh, uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel and like, no powers, fight me right now, and she just blasts. Him. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You've come a long way since I found you that day by the lake. But can you keep your emotions in check long enough to take me on? Or will they get the better of you as always? I always told you, you'll be ready the day you can knock me down as yourself. This is that moment. This is that moment, Beers. Turn off the light show and prove, prove to me you can beat me without a I agree. I thought that was really well done. I like, I like when she's putting him in the ship at the end and, and, and he goes, well, I can't go back with nothing. And she goes, you're not going back with nothing. You're going back with a message. I'm going to be back and we're going to end this. Tell the Supreme intelligence. Well, I can't do that. Well, you're going to do it anyway. And then she blasts him off. Like, it's just, it's, 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 I'm really excited to see where they take her whenever Captain Marvel two gets made. Yeah. Like, you know, because because they left a lot of loose ends. There's a lot of meat on the bone there. Well, there is, and I think you know, I don't know if they knew how this movie was going to do, Matt, because it. I had heard, and and I don't I have to do some more research on this, but I had heard that Captain Marvel's part in Endgame was either going to be flexed up or flexed down based on how Captain Marvel did. That they shot two alternates for how she handled Endgame. Uh, and, and how much of a role she played. And they ended up going with the one where she played more of a role. But apparently there's another cut out there where she plays much less of a role in case Captain Marvel tanked. Same thing happened with Black and, Panther. They had to do more scenes in Infinity War with Black Panther because of how popular that movie was. Exactly. Because of just how, you know, it was it was the sleeper hit. It's the, you know, it's like when Gardens of the Galaxy was a sleeper hit. So the amount of meat they left on the bones with this, and again, this takes place in 1990, so there is so much story that can be told that won't even have any effect on Endgame whatsoever. Exactly. And and you know and and to see Ronan, I mean Ronan, the you know the, the, Ronan the Accuser, right? Yes. Um, you know he he to see him, and again, knowing that he shows up later in Guardians of the Galaxy, but for now this is something else they could have a whole sequel with him and her him coming back to get her as the weapon like you see in the movie before anything having to do with guardians of the galaxy yeah absolutely so i mean i just there's so much meat on the bones you you can 
you go back to Hala and and where she maybe confronts the supreme leader who is the supreme or the supreme intelligence who is the supreme intelligence you know how does that play out there's so much that could be that could be unpacked from that yeah so what what was a low point for you in this movie or least favorite part i guess so here's the deal i don't necessarily have a low point other than what meant something very important to me when the movie released has no importance to me now, which is the mid credit scene is irrelevant to me now. Like at the time it felt like it was such a monumental part because we were itching for anything that would have led us to what was happening in Endgame. But now we knowing what comes in Endgame, that scene really has no relevance to me now if that makes sense so i i don't even want to call that a low point other than it just to me watching it in the order we're watching it it has no relevance to me now yeah um, none of these none of these none of the after credit scenes really have a relevance to me right now because we are watching them in chronological order exactly well, they they are really the time capsule of what it, what they, they meant something at the time but now you can yeah. just watch the next movie yeah so other than that i i really can't say I really can't say that I have a low point. I do. I do remember I was watching yesterday though, and and the way she destroys one of Ronan's ships, where she flies right through it. I remember thinking to myself, why can't she just fly right through Thanos' ship and destroy it? Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 if she has that power, why couldn't she have done that in Endgame? But other than that, no, I, I can't say I have a real low point on this one. But to me, it's the '90s campiness. Like really, they went a little overboard in my opinion. Like, like it's, it's, she crashes into a blockbuster. Hey guys, remember blockbuster? Blockbuster was a thing in the nineties. And then immediately after that, they're like, look, a radio shack. Hey guys, remember radio shack. And then like, she's on the internet and they have a long loading thing. And it just feels like they're like, like they're just going, Hey guys, remember the nineties guys, nineties, nineties. Like, I don't mind if you want to like set, it in the period that's fine but it just felt like it was a little bit in your face and i i I didn't quite need that so you're almost saying like they could have done it but it didn't need to be over the top it could have just fit naturally it felt too unnatural it it felt too unnatural like they were trying to force in there be like huh yeah yeah you you remember this you remember internet like this and they could have even they could have even taken the jokes maybe like half the the number of jokes and it still would have worked more exactly exactly so i know but i wonder i wonder if how much of that could potentially be again they were unsure of how this was going to perform so they were looking for ways to keep people entertained throughout the entire thing yeah um I, you know, because now we look at it with the 2020 vision, literally 2020, the 2020 vision of, you know, it obviously worked. It was it was it worked for them. It fit into the, the MCU just fine. But that wasn't always the case as they were putting it together. There was a lot of criticism leading up to it. And so maybe they were just looking for ways to make sure it still had some moments of performance. Yeah. And, and bang for the buck, you know, and 90s nostalgia is a big thing right now. Yeah, it is. So I have two questions for you, Casey. This, this okay. film brought up two questions. One, what do you think of anti-aging technology? Because they did it for Samuel Jackson in this movie, where Samuel Jackson played himself, but then they aged him down. And this is not the only movie, not just in Marvel, but it, all in all, that is using this anti-aging technology. What do you think of this? The way you know if it works is if it's distracting, and it was not distracting in this movie at all. 
to me, he looked like Samuel Jackson from the 1990s. You know, he looked he he looked slightly younger than the Samuel L. Jackson you catch in Die Hard with a Vengeance. And to me, it wasn't distracting at all. The movement wasn't off. There there was a weird there was a weird moment in the when they were in the the, the archive area where he goes to shoot the the, the gun at his boss and there's no bullets and he throws the gun at the boss. And I was like, what is that all about? Like that felt just really weird. And I don't know if it just had to do with the way it was acted or whatever, but from an anti-aging perspective, I, I, I have nothing wrong with it. Now, what I do have a problem with is using the same technology to reanimate people who are no longer with us. You know, again, Princess Leia and Rogue One, while it was a very cool moment. Now, granted, I think at that point she was still alive, so she gave her permission. But I was very thankful that they didn't try to do it again in Rise of Skywalker, and it would have it just wouldn't have felt right. Well, no, um, for you know, for, um, for Rogue One, that was a new actor. That was a new actress that played Leia. But they, I believe, they overlaid her face on top of that, though. The actress, they did have a stunt double who played her, but she was it was it was projected on. And the same with uh, Grand Grand Moff Tarkin, although in that case he had been dead. Yeah, and, yeah, that one was and, he actually was dead. You know, uh, Peter Cushing, and and so I'm not a fan of that because I think it it's it's not based in reality. But I don't have a problem with the anti aging part of it. Okay, uh, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it too. As long as it's not distracting, I I, I don't mind it. So the the bigger question in this. And let me set this one up for you is does this film, is this the film that proves that the order we are watching this in is the correct order to watch this in? So the things that I ha- questions that I have as a dad now is when I show these films to my daughter, what order do I show them in? Mm, interesting. One of the reasons why I think I didn't like this movie is because I knew that Ronan was bad. I knew that Korath was bad. I knew that the Kree were bad. So while the twist did have some impact on me, I don't think it had quite the impact because I already knew that those people were bad. So imagine now that you are watching this for the first time. You have never seen any MCU films, and you watch this film. This is the second film you watch, and you see the Kree as just they're the heroes of the story at the beginning. And well, then... when I, when, when I watched it for the first time, when it first came out, I didn't know the scrolls were going to end up being good guys. I didn't know anything about the Cree. I thought they were the good guys. So, I mean, I had a moment of that in the theaters. Now I knew Ronan was bad and I thought it was weird that they were interacting with Ronan, but when it all kind of came to fruition and you learned, Oh wow. Interesting. I, 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 so I had that moment again, I'm not a comic book guy. So I think it's really hard to say that because if you are, if you've read the comics, you have existing knowledge that maybe the average layperson doesn't have. But this, is even, I, this is even outside of the comics. This is just, this is just in the movies. If I watch guardians of the galaxy first, which we all did, yeah. I have this previous knowledge of, Oh, these people are already bad. And so if you watch this one first, you don't have that knowledge. And how does that change how you view this movie? Well, I, I, I think it's a, an honest question. I thought when you were asking this question, you were going to go more for 
you know, I was interpreting it more with, with Fury at the end starting to type up the Avengers initiative. I mean, there's that and too. I, honestly, in my opinion, I could see this movie being one of the first ones that you, like the first one that you watch before Captain America. See, here's where thing, this is where the chronological part gets a little wonky because I think if we're going to do this, watching this chronologically, one of the first things you almost have to say is I'm not going to watch any of the teasers in mid credits. Oh yeah. You can't, I have, to, I, I have to eliminate those because suddenly you're being, you know, vaulted into 20, you know, 20, whatever year that was 2014 or whatever with captain America or 2011 captain America, you're being vaulted into 2011 times square. And if, if that's the first movie you watch, you have no clue what the heck's going on. Like, why is he vaulted into there? But you almost do need to see that because if you're going to watch the Avengers, you need to know that he did move to 2011. Right. So I don't know. There's just, it's, I don't think there's a right answer for that. I really don't. Yeah. It's just, again, as a, as a dad, this is the, these are the, these are the important questions, Casey, not about any like parenting or morals or anything like that. What <laughs> order do I show the MCU films? Do uh, you watch Star Wars 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or do you watch Star Wars 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 7, is, 8, 9? Like, that you is know, another and again, episode for another day. <laughs> I know, but there's, there's not a right answer to it. I think everyone's got their own take on what is the right answer? So, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that's just an interesting question to ask with this is, movie is, is, does, is this the film that proves it? So I'm just curious on your thoughts on that. Here's, I think that's a better question to ask as we get further along down the line. Would we change the order of these movies once we know kind of how they all fit? Because, you know, you raised the point of Guardians of the Galaxy and knowing that Ronan's a bad guy. But in the same regard, if you're, if you've only, like in my case, I've only watched Guardians once, maybe twice. And again, once in the theater and maybe once when it came out. It's been years since I've seen it. I couldn't tell you the plot of Guardians. I couldn't tell you the plot of Guardians 2 right now. I know that uh, there's a, a planet that's a god. Like, I remember that. Like, other than that, because I, I am not, I am not a, I mean, as much as I love MCU for what it is, I'm not a diehard comic fan. I'm not, a, I don't, you know, I have a lot of other stuff in my mind. So for me, I'm watching these again and I'm rediscovering the plot points of the individual movies again, outside the premise of they're all coming together for Avengers Endgame, And I think that's, what's making this really exciting for me. Yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts on this one before we uh, call it to closing time? No, I think we're good, man. I, uh, I'm good. I have got nothing else other than to say that this was a great movie. And I think I'm excited to kind of see where we move into the next step, which I think is, Iron Man, right? Absolutely. Iron Man, the the one that started it all in terms of when we all watched it. Yep. Um, uh, that's that's our next one. So if you're if you're following along with us, Iron Man is our is our next film, the first one. Yep, that's tomorrow, so look for that. Other than that, Matt, like you said, it's closing time. If they need to get a hold of us, how do they do that? That is Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. Send us an email. What do you are you enjoying the series? Shout out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. Join on up. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. Rate and review. Five stars, everybody. All right. We are counting down the days to Black Widow. That is it for this episode, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, everybody.